back of our worship area. And um, trust that, uh, that the good conversation fellowship will continue on after worship. And as you're making your way back to your seats, let me, uh, let me pray as we continue on in worship today, turning to God's word. God, we, we do just uh, pause once again to thank you, God, for, for your provision, for your blessing. God, for the gift of life that you give us. God, even for the grace of, of, of living in this, this beautiful part of the country where, where we get to take in your creative power and beauty. God, we thank you over and above all else today. Once again, we thank you for your rescuing and your forgiving and your redeeming grace that's been poured into our lives in the person and through the work of your son, Jesus. We also thank you for your word this morning. Your word that is life-giving and life-changing. And so, so we pray as we, as we move on in our worship today that by the power that can really only come from your Holy Spirit, you would open our hearts, that you would open our minds to receive a message from you through your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, uh, today, uh, again, we find ourselves really in the afterglow of Christmas. And uh, during these Sundays in December, it really has been our intention for our worship gatherings uh, to, to be designed in order to let go of those things that are unimportant in our lives and to hold on to what is truly important. So often this time of year, we get so distracted by really what's unimportant and so and so we've been we've been taking this time in worship to to truly focus what is important and so this series of messages has been entitled travel lightly to travel lightly uh, as we travel through this life we we accumulate a lot of things we accumulate stuff we we accumulate bitterness we can accumulate uh, uh, an abundance of, of, of earthly possessions. We can seek to accumulate control. Or we can be overwhelmed with all kinds of different distractions that come our way. We can hold on tightly to the past and not let it go. And so, and so during this season, by God's grace alone, we've been letting go of what is unimportant and holding on to what is truly important. Namely, this time of year, it's, the, it's, it's Jesus Christ. It's the celebration of his birth. Uh, we hold on to what is truly important as we gather here for worship, and that is the word of God and God's presence with us through the word and God's presence with us in the sacraments and, and looking forward with anticipation to his second coming to us in judgment and with grace. And so this series has been travel lightly uh, this is an interesting time of year because we're we're closing the door on 2019 and we're getting ready to step into 2020 and and there'd probably be some among us this morning that would say 2019 it was a, a wonderful year others would say good riddance <laughs> Time to close the door on, on 2019. Time for a, a fresh start in 2020. 
And the truth that we're reflecting on ever so briefly this morning is this, that, that we, we, we are unable to change what has happened in the past, but God has the ability to impact and change and influence our future. But what's so very interesting about our past is this, that, that our past doesn't always stay in our past. Uh, perhaps there are past moments in our life where we've maybe lost our temper or we've spoken unkind words to a loved one and we wish we could take it back. Uh, these moments, uh, these words are not forgotten. Or maybe it's some kind of recurring cycle or habit, propensity of sin in our life. We say to ourselves, I won't, I won't, I won't, I did. Uh, the past doesn't always stay in the past. It can keep on happening in the present. Perhaps we betrayed a loved one in some way, some shape, some, some form, and and. and, and no matter how many steps we think we're taking in the right direction, we never seem to move forward in that relationship. And so, and so our past doesn't always stay in our past. It's kind of like a, a door that we've entered, but we can't go back through it. And, and there's a cold winter wind that's blowing in and it's keeping that door open, reminding us again and again and again of what we have done. I think if there's anyone who, who kind of understands this, any biblical character that understands this, it was Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. And, and the scene here, it's the Last Supper. Uh, these disciples gathered together uh, with Jesus for one final special meal. And in the, the coming hours, Jesus would be betrayed. He'd be arrested. He'd be tried, crucified, die, be buried before his resurrection on the third day. And Jesus looks at these closest followers of his, his disciples, and he makes a couple of predictions. He, he predicts, one of you will betray me. And in addition, Jesus predicts that Peter will turn away from him. Peter is adamant, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison. I'm ready to go with you to the death. And Jesus replies, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you even know me. And as it turned out, Peter did not have to face prison or death to deny Christ. It simply took a young servant girl with Peter around a fire in the courtyard during Jesus' trial to say, this man was with Jesus. And Peter denies it. Woman, I, I don't know him. And then we read a little while later, someone else said, Peter, you are also one of them. And no, I am not, was Peter's reply. About an hour later, another asserts, certainly this fellow Peter was with him for he is a Galilean. And Peter replies, man, I don't even know what you are talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crows. And we pick up the story this morning, Luke chapter 22, 
verses 61 and 62. This is what we read in God's word. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And the scripture reads, Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. What did Peter feel in this dramatic moment? The sound of the rooster crowing, locked eyes with Jesus, the flash of Christ's prediction just flooding his mind, bitter weeping. Peter's heart must have filled, been filled with, with guilt. I can't believe I just did that. Uh, Peter's heart uh, must have been filled with shame. What if the other disciples find out about what I've done? Peter's heart must have been filled with regret. Oh, I wish I could take it all back. And while we've never locked eyes with Jesus as Peter did, we may have locked eyes with a loved one, letting them down in some way or a colleague that we made a promise to in the workplace but neglected to follow through on it, or a friend at school that we did not stand up for when we could have and we should have. See, our past, even though we can't go back to it, continues to speak to us. And I think our spiritual enemy uses this. As we turn to the next slide, Here's what our spiritual enemy says about our past. Because of what we have said or done, we are unforgivable. Uh, we have said or done too much, or we've said or done too little. And because we are unforgivable, then we are also unlovable. This is what our spiritual enemy will speak into our hearts and minds. We're, we're also unlovable if people only knew we think, what, what I said or what I did or what I allowed to happen. If people really knew my story, knew my history, I'm unlovable. Our spiritual enemy says about our past, we're unforgivable, we're unlovable, and therefore we are useless. Because of our past, you see, we have no future. Our spiritual enemy whispering lies to us about our past. I'm unlovable. I'm unforgivable. I'm, I'm useless. It's like, a, it's like a cold, bitter winter wind that keeps blowing in through the door to our past, wide open, blowing on us, reminding us of what we've done over and over again. The good news to share this morning is that God in Christ through the Holy Spirit is with us in our moment of need, providing us exactly what is needed to close the door to the past so that we can step into the future that God has for us. You may wonder, how do I know this? Well, we see Jesus do this for Peter. The resurrected Christ comes to Peter after his denial. After this scene in the courtyard, Peter went back to what he did before 
he met Jesus, and that was to be a fisherman. Early one morning after a night of catching no fish, Jesus appears on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he calls out to Peter and several of the other disciples that are fishing with him, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answer, and Jesus advises, well, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some, and they did so many fish, in fact, that they're unable to haul it in. And one of the disciples in that moment recognizes and speaks to Peter, it's the Lord. Peter immediately jumps out of the boat into the lake and swims to shore and goes to Jesus and the other disciples follow, bringing in the boat and all the fish. And there Jesus feeds Peter and the disciples a breakfast of bread and fish on the beach. And I imagine this to be, I think, the most awkward breakfast in all of recorded human history. Uh, scripture states no one dared to ask Jesus, who are you? And, and really, Scripture says nothing was spoken during this meal. And all the while, there is Peter. Peter with the risen Christ, sharing a meal with the risen Christ who he denied three times. And so as we go to the next slide, we, we pick up the story, John chapter 21 Verses 15 and 17. Scripture reads that when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. And I just want to have us notice that name. Jesus does not call him by his first name, Simon. Jesus does not use the new name given to him, Peter. Instead, Jesus uses his full official name, Simon, son of John. When I was a child and playing outside, my mother would open the front door and she'd call out, Kenton, and I'd just listen for a little while, wait, maybe it's time to eat. Other times, however, she would call out using my full name, Kenton Stanley Johnson. When my full name was used, I went home immediately. Uh, and most often it meant I was in some kind of trouble. Simon, son of John, Peter must have been bracing himself. Oh boy, here it comes. Jesus is going to say, you should be ashamed of yourself. You ought to feel guilty about what you said. Peter, do you realize who I am and what you've done to me? These are not the words Jesus speaks. Instead, we read, Simon, son of John, you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I'm struck by how caring it was for Jesus to hurt, to hurt Peter by asking him three times. And let me explain that. 
Jesus could have ignored the past. Let's, let's pretend like it didn't happen. But instead, Jesus addresses it head on. Three denials and three asks, do you love me? Jesus is more concerned with, with Peter's long-term healing than his short-term feeling. When we have a wound, it must be cleaned out so that it can heal properly. Uh, when I was a boy, I was playing in my grandfather's wood shop, cut my finger open. My grandmother took a bottle of hydrogen peroxide and poured it over the open wound. And it fizzled, and it bubbled, and it stung, and then she, she blew on it. And I think that was a distraction because it did not help the pain to go away. She, she understood that this open wound, it needed to be cleaned out so that it could heal properly. And I think in this beach scene, Jesus comes to Peter and essentially says, let's, let's clean out this wound so that it can heal properly. If we, if we are unable to let go of the past, we, we cannot take hold of the future that God has for us. Here on the next slide, how, how do we let go of our past? How, how do we let go? Uh, by God's rescuing and forgiving and redeeming grace alone, we, we close the door. We close the door. And, and I'm going to share just a couple of passages of Scripture this morning. And, and as I do so, um, I come to this saying that, that, that I place God's word as authoritative in my life, that it's, it's, it's life-giving and life-changing to me. And so I, I share with you a couple of very basic promises from God's word today, a couple of key assurances from God's word today. Uh, we trust in the assurance of God's forgiveness and, and this assurance is found in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Just receive God's word this morning. It, it states in a straightforward manner, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's a straightforward formula. We repent, that is, we we turn away by God's grace. We turn away from sin. We confess that sin first to God and then to the one that we have sinned against. And in response, God forgives us. Notice that John does not write, if, if we feel guilty about it or are, are filled with shame or overcome with regret about our sin. No, uh, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us. We trust in the assurance of God's forgiveness. This is in part how we close the door and move forward into the future God has for us. I think it's also important to note that, that our standing before holy God, both here and now and for eternity, is determined first and foremost by a relationship and not by, by trying to keep 
religious rules. And I want to thank God for that promise this morning because I, for one, this side of eternity, am completely unable to live up to God's holy and righteous standard for my life. Uh, Peter, after asked by Jesus for the third time, do you love me, exclaims what I exclaim with great regularity, Lord, you know all things. You know it all about me, God. You know the good, you know the bad, and you know the downright ugly. And I'm, I'm fully known by God. And at the same time, I'm fully loved by God. Not because I'm able to perfectly keep all the religious rules, but rather because I am a beloved child of God. I am fully known by God, and I am fully loved by God, and that is a very powerful combination. And so this morning, I pass along to you, I think we have it on the next slide, this assurance uh, John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. How do we let go of our past? Well, by God's rescuing, forgiving, and redeeming grace, we close the door. We're trusting in the assurance of God's forgiveness. We're trusting that our standing before holy God, both now and for eternity, is determined first and foremost by a relationship to all who believed him, the scripture says, and accepted him. He gave the right to become children of God. And if there's ever anyone here that, that desires to know more about what it means to become a child of God, I, I just encourage you to please come and speak with me. I'd love to have that conversation with you. How do we let go of the past by God's grace? We close the door. And then on the next slide, uh, we also step into our future. We, we step into our future uh, we step into the future that God has for us. And, and we witness Jesus inviting Peter to step into the future that God had for him. Peter, uh, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Peter answers, yes, Lord, I love you. And Jesus replies, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Jesus inviting Peter to step into the future that God had for him. I think our God loves to use imperfect people like Peter, imperfect people like me, imperfect people like you to impact this world. This is God's world. And so what future step is God inviting us to? I'll just share a few things that have been, that have been happening through the ministry of Cedar Creek. It, it may be, maybe it's something very simple and very hands-on. I know some of, of the men in our church 
are, are organizing, mobilizing, wood cutting to help out several of our Cedar Creek friends to help them stay warm during these winter months. Maybe that's a step that God is inviting you to take. Uh, perhaps God's inviting us to be more directly involved in, in this gospel partnership that we were hearing about and praying for today with Agape Myanmar Mission Church. Maybe it is to intentionally be dedicated to pray for this ministry. Maybe it's to offer some kind of financial support. Maybe it's even to visit should we send a team back to Yangon in the future. What future step is God calling us to take? Maybe it's just to befriend a neighbor, an elderly neighbor, a lonely neighbor, to tangibly show your neighbor the love of God uh, by checking in on them, by inviting them into your home for coffee or for a meal. What future step is God inviting us to take? This morning, I uh, have sticky notes spread out on the chairs there around and some pens couple big thick pads of sticky notes and and today you know is 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 again we're kind of gathered here for worship and it's been maybe a busy hectic time maybe you take a few moments this morning just to silently reflect and write um, if you're led to write something on that sticky note a, a step that God is inviting you to take in the coming year I I want to encourage you to do that maybe you're writing down a sentence maybe some of you need like 80 sticky notes to write a book, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just a word. Maybe it's a symbol, I don't know. But, but, but what is that next step that God is inviting you to take? Maybe you write that down on the sticky note. And then maybe you take that sticky note with you and maybe you place it on the door that you go out of every day. Maybe, maybe you put it there. Uh, to remind you that, that you're not just going through the motions as you step through this door today. That, that you're not just going to work or going to school or going to meet a friend. Rather, you, you are closing to the, the door to what has happened in the past so that you can step into the future that God has for you moving forward. God loves to use imperfect people like Peter and like me and like you to impact this world, God's world. Today, I, I, I want to just close and summarize with these words from the Apostle Paul. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. And it reads, I, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting what is past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And so today, by God's grace, may we be individuals, may we be a church stepping into the future that God has for us in 2020. Amen.
Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word to us once again this morning. And I just humbly ask, God, that it would fall on fresh, fertile, receptive soil in hearts and minds. God, that you might plant some seeds today, that it might be fertilized and watered and and germinate and sprout and, and bear fruit in people's lives. And so to that end, we just continue to commit ourselves. We, we continue on now uh, with this act of worship of returning an offering. And with this act of worship, God, we are declaring all that we have and are. It's, it's all a gift from you to us, God. So we return a portion back to you today. And we ask, God, that you would take these gifts of money, that, that, that you would bless them and use them. We pray, God, that your kingdom continue to come and your will continue to be done uh, here in Maple Valley, as far away as places like Myanmar, that your kingdom continue to come, that your will continue to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.